Welcome to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. I'm your host, Alex Burkett. Thank you for joining us this week. Joining me today is Renee Washington. She's a Fox Sports and ESPN reporter and the host of Locked on Wizards and her own show, Beyond the Headlines. She comes on the show to talk about all the opportunities she has taken and how she doesn't regret it because it helped her grow as a person and grow the new skills that she can develop over time. She talks about how sports has played a huge part in her life and how she loves what she's doing today. I truly enjoyed my conversation with Renee, and if you haven't checked out her show, Beyond the Headlines, I definitely recommend it, as she gives a great insight on different aspects from music to sports to everyday things that the world goes through. We always have a quick fire challenge. This week's quick fire challenge is, today is not just another day. It's a new opportunity, another chance, a new beginning. Embrace it. So the reason it's the Quick Fire Challenge this week is Renee and myself talk about all the opportunities that we wanted to conquer and wanted to try out to help us grow as individuals. And we wanted to see what we were capable of doing. So while you're listening to this episode, think about all the opportunities that we both have faced. So sit back and relax and enjoy the rise to the challenge of Renee Washington. Remember... Follow and subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms. Welcome back to the Rise of the Challenge. Joining me today, she is a sports reporter for ESPN and Fox Sports, a model, actress, motivational speaker, a three-time All-American athlete, and the host of Beyond the Headlines, it's Renee Washington. How are you doing today, Renee? I am good. Thank you so much for having me on, and thanks for that great welcome. It's like quite a bit of a resume there, but it's all amazing things that you have been able to accomplish on your Rise to the Challenge, and I wanted to learn more about your journey and how all the stuff that you've done has made a huge impact in your career. So with all my guests, we like to start right at the beginning of the person's journey and talk about what were you involved in growing up? Yeah, so sports have always been a big part of my life. I mean, I come from a sports family. My dad played professional basketball overseas. My mom played college basketball. My siblings, we all played sports, multiple sports growing up at a high level. We all went different paths in college in terms of which sport we played. But for me, you know, that's always been a big part of who I am. So a lot of the off the field and off the court uh, life skills that I learned and things like that all came from sports. So my work ethic and my, you know, my motivation, everything really stems from who I am as an athlete first. And that's why for me, making a transition into broadcasting uh, once I got later in my career and made that move was, you know, the next step that just absolutely, once I realized it was the next step made complete sense. So, you know, that's been a big part of who I am and sports have been, have been everything for me and my family. When you were playing sports or getting into it, did you have like an athlete or someone that you inspired to be or looked up to? Yeah, I have. I've always had a number of role models that I've looked up to um, as a soccer player, as a basketball player. That was the other sport I played. I played soccer, basketball, and track. So I always looked up to players like Mia Hamm and soccer and, and players like, um, 
Lisa Leslie and, and Shamika Holtzclaw and different players in the WNBA. So I always aspired to play at a professional level and was fortunate to do that in soccer. And, you know, fortunate to get into the WNBA, not as a player, but as a reporter. So that was kind of like, you know, an, an aha moment for me when I was able to say, you know, I made it not the way I thought I was going to make it, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I was able to make it in my career as a reporter to cover the WNBA. So, yeah, I've, I've always had a number of role models, even on the, you know, as, a, as an athlete, as a reporter, players, even on the basketball side with the NBA that I look up to, the MLS. So, yeah, I think that's just kind of been my driving force is just there are a lot of people that I, what I do is I look at things I like about people. So what is it about their personality, their work ethic, their, their mentality that I feel like aligns with who I am as a person versus just trying to be like specifically one person, but trying to be like the best attributes of multiple people that I look up to. So you look at more of like the inside of the person and not what's on the cover to like understand mm -hmm. like what are the motives of that person? Why do they do these certain things and all of that? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Did you have a dream job before you got into college that you were wanting to pursue at the time? <laughs> Ironically, I've always had a lot of jobs that um, I wanted to, you know, I, throughout the course of my childhood, I always switched it up. So I went from be, wanting to be a lawyer and a WNBA player to wanting to be a pediatrician. Like I, I was <laughs> all over the map. And I feel like that's ironic because if you look at all the different jobs and things that I hold now, like that's still true where I'm still working in a lot of different areas. And so I just feel like for me, I've always had dream skills that I want to do. Like that's how I started to shift my, my mindset versus having even to this day versus having one specific job and pigeonholing myself to just one specific thing I want to do in my career and looking at it more from an, a bigger view of what what type of person do I want to be and, and knowing that, you know, I want to use whatever that job looks like or jobs look like using my platform for good. A lot like what you're doing, you know, being able to inspire others, being able to, you know, use my storytelling as a reporter or my work as a motivational speaker, whatever it may be to help others be able to to move up in, in their careers to help them to aspire to be something greater than what they already are so i've i've always lived by the motto and, and the mentality of as i grow to pull people with me and that's one of the major skills that i want to have along with things like i cannot stay in an office job i don't want to sit at a desk from nine to five i have no desire to do that i i learned that very quickly on in my um in, in my internships in college and so I learned quickly, like, okay, this is what I don't want to do. So knowing that I want to be in a, in a position where every day looks a little different. You know, I don't want to have every day be monotonous in the same type of work. So, yeah, I, I now have switched it to having career skills that I desire. You know, I love talking to people. I love interviewing and storytelling. I love writing. I love all these different pieces. So it's always changed and probably will continue to evolve. <laughs> I was definitely a person that... I can't do the same thing over and over oh, and over. No. I'm a person that I want to take what I'm doing, but maybe spice it up in a way, do it to something different. And mm -hmm. this is how this opportunity came about. And I, I, I don't regret anything. It's been the best experience ever. And I've talked to so many great people and learned from them and stuff that I can take to enhance my career and get to where I want to be. 
as I'm a person that uh, in college, I am a sports management graduate. And my mm-hmm. end goal is definitely to be in sports. But I'm taking different avenues to gain like the skills that you said. And eventually, I'm going to get there. I'm, I have that hustle attitude. Yeah, and that's exactly how you should be. Because something that I've always heard and, and continue to see is that the landscape of the industry is always changing. So for me, my background is actually in public relations. You know, that was what I studied in, in undergrad. My major was in PR. My double minors were in Spanish and psychology. My master's is in education and leadership, none of which directly points to sports broadcasting. So helping, you know, a lot of people don't realize that as you talk about with having a sports management background, there's not just one path to get to where you want to get to, you know, and there's, there's not one specific, like one set of steps or a, then you do B, then you do C and you do D and it just is a linear process. Like it, it is jumbled. You're going to have times like now in the midst of a pandemic when maybe you're not working at all. Maybe you're working in a different field just to make income. Maybe your whole career in itself is changing. And then there's going to be changes in the industry itself because we have such a social media heavy and, and media heavy um, world that we live in. So the way people digest their news and get their information is changing. So who's to say that that job you may have wanted five years ago is going to still be around in five years. So that's where like, I know for myself and similar to what you're doing, it's just like, you always have to make sure you're as versatile and evolving because you want to make sure you're not limiting yourself and closing any doors with the, you know, with how you're moving in your career. You mentioned that you were going for PR and then you had a Spanish back or Spanish minor. Um, What brought you to those majors and minors? So um, I love, I've always loved school. So when I was going through college and I realized the different electives I had to take, I actually, I was very, very high up in Spanish. I've always loved Spanish. I was like an AP Spanish student wow. in high school, no big deal. Um, <laughs> so when I got to college and I realized, you know, I had to take electives and looking at the electives and the choices I had, I was like, well, I love psychology and I love Spanish and I can now, I had already taken so many courses in high school to prepare for that. So I was like, well, I'm actually already on my way where I needed only a couple more classes. So I finessed the system in a a sense, but I literally just, instead of taking random electives, my electives and my minor courses were the same. So it allowed me to like get the most out of my classes. And actually when I graduated, I had so many extra credits because of it, it worked out in the long run. So I've always been tied to like making the most out of every opportunity. And that's something that, although I am not ever gonna act like I am 100% confident (laughs) in my Spanish speaking, (laughs) I can now at least have a conversation and read it and write it and speak it enough that you know, I have seen it in my in my work where at times I've had to use or even psychology, you know, it's it's always good to be able to read people. And so when I was going through college, although I didn't, you know, I still made a career change from PR to broadcasting. I knew that those are skills that no matter what I do will always translate into my work. So even the same thing with my master's degree. I mean, I was fortunate that I had an opportunity to coach college soccer at Lehigh University. And while I was there as a grad assistant, was fortunate to be able to get my master's degree. So in looking at the programs that they had, I mean, I wasn't by any stretch of the imagination going to get into like engineering or something. Lehigh is a very engineering heavy school. So educational leadership was something that I felt like had the best balance and aligned the best with my career path to be able to lead. And ironically, I feel like I use a lot of those tools every day as well in motivational speaking and, and working with people um, from 
from a human interest standpoint, you know, so on a motivation standpoint. So yeah, that's something I always encourage you. Education is never a bad thing. You know, although we live in a society now where you don't need a degree, the more education you can get and knowledgeable you can get about a subject, it only helps. It only helps. So yeah, I mean, I did a lot <laughs> education, like and academically, but I fortunately, honestly, still use a lot of those same skill sets and and ideas in my work that I do. Fortunately, I have to still use Google Translate anytime I do <laughs> Spanish. I took it in high school. I do too, actually. And <laughs> I I took it every year, and I think my senior year it was like honors Spanish, and I'm like, I can't do I can't do it anymore. <laughs> And so when I got into college, um, like going for different things that got me out of my comfort zone was probably the best experience. I got into event, an event management class and planning events and everything. And I was a huge game show fan. So we, our final project was we had to put on a charity event and my fraternity, I was the philanthropy chair. So I was already doing charity events all the time. So we put on a game show and I just found that passion with event planning. And then I found a passion with marketing and the sports part. So I was like, I was trying to cover all these different areas that I could eventually use in sports. And the job I'm at now was, they it's not even in sports, but they found me from my experience and the stuff that I went mm. through. And it's a, been a great experience. You mentioned awesome. that you played soccer. Uh, well, you coach mm-hmm. soccer um, when you were going with your masters, but you also are an all-American athlete. Talk about getting into soccer at a college level. Yeah, yeah. So I was fortunate through the process, um, of the recruiting process, and trying to figure out where I was going to go to school next. That I I was receiving offers as a soccer player and a basketball player. Soccer was my main my main sport. That was definitely my better sport. So I was receiving better offers and and higher levels in terms of academics and athletics um, and scholarships for soccer. So going to LaSalle University out of Philadelphia was a school that I felt like had the best balance of everything that I wanted and needed out of a school. Location-wise, you know, I'm from Jersey. I still live in Jersey, so it was only an hour from from home. It was, you know, a, a great-sized campus for me. I didn't want too big. I didn't want too small. Um, having all, gone to a private school in high school, I knew that I wanted something a little bit bigger, but I, I liked having a smaller size campus where I knew everybody um, in terms of my classmates and teachers and stuff. And then soccer-wise, playing in the Atlantic 10, which is a, mid, a mid-level a conference where we were, you know, I was coming into a program that was changing. So off the bat, I was fortunate that as a freshman, I was able to get right into the lineup and receive a lot of not only playing time and accolades and be a part of a lot of historical moments. You know, my team at LaSalle, we made the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history, won our conference tournament for the first time ever. Uh, for myself, receiving All-American, that was that was also a first. So I got to be a lot of a part of a lot of firsts. And so looking back, that's something I, I still talk to students about is find that school that makes sense for you, where it's gonna allow you to grow. You know, like they had, it had a lot of potential. I had a lot of potential. So it just was a perfect match in that sense. You know, it wasn't a place where I was overwhelmed um, and it wasn't a place where I was dominating or anything by any stretch of the imagination. It challenged me to be a better, not only soccer player, but a better person off the field too. So, you know, a lot of my experiences that I, you know, and a lot of my growth came in those four years of just 
learning how to navigate being a student athlete. I ran track while I was there. So I was juggling multiple sports. I was, I had several internships. So I was juggling running from internships to class to practice, you know, and all these different things. So that is like a lot of people always say to me today, like, how do you do all these things? I'm like, honestly, I don't know how not to do a lot of things. Like mm-hmm. I have, <laughs> I, since I, You've since my used first internship, yeah, I'm so used to it now. Since my first internship, my sophomore year, I have never had like one job or I don't even know how many jobs I have right now. Like I've never worked in just one area. I've always worked in so many different things. So that's just who I am as a person because I am so ambitious. And I, I, as you talk about with having a lot of different things that interest you, like I wanna continue to learn. And at one point in my life, I will slow down and have hopefully just one job or something. But until then I'm not married, I don't have kids and I'm just trying to grow my career as much as possible. So I don't wanna close any doors. And that's all started actually juggling a lot of different things and being successful juggling a lot of different things in college to show me like, you know what, I can do this. I can be a student athlete. I can play two sports. I can have, I had like eight internships in college. Like I can do it. So, you know, it just, it just was very eye opening to me that it's possible, you know, and a lot of things that I thought were impossible became very possible, which gave me the confidence moving forward to know that I can put, do whatever I put my mind to essentially. And so that's probably one of the biggest things that my four years at LaSalle honestly taught me was just a lot of life skills that I still see and use today. I need to step up my game and have, I need to find like <laughs> five more jobs to have during my time right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't even know why I did it or how I did it, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, but look how like, just like reading about all the stuff that you're doing now, it's just impressive. Like you're getting yourself out there, you're learning the new skills. And I've learned now that there's nothing wrong with learning new skills. I want to become mm-hmm. a better person and we don't know everything. So you have to get out there and find new skills. And that's just enjoyable for me is finding something new to learn. Depends on the subject too, but I, it's not sure. enough for me to go back to school. And But you never know, never say never in this wor- world. Mm-hmm. During the time you were juggling everything around, how were you staying motivated? How did you rise to the challenge to be able to accomplish all of those that were going on in your life? Yeah, well, that's that's the hard part because I know, like even some of my mentors have said to me, you kind of have a lot on your plate. And I'm like, yeah, but actually that's what keeps me motivated because I do work in so many different areas that it provides me a balance so that if I actually... I'm getting tired of one thing or like, for instance, I still coach youth soccer, which a lot of people do not know. Um, so youth soccer is me a balance that like I get to go back to where it all started for me and being a part of going to tournaments and things like that. That's it reminds me a lot of why I got started in the first place. So for me, each, each thing kind of offsets the other to give me a balance where I'm not always doing the same, going back to that versatility and the, the, you know, routine. I don't always have the same routine. So one day may be a heavy reporting day. One day may be a heavy motivational speaking day. One day may be a heavy soccer day, like coaching. So, you know, for me, the the motivation comes from the fact that I don't want to, I don't ever want it to take away from who I am as a person, you know, anything with my name on it, anything that I'm doing, I've always given a thousand percent. And so I try to make sure I balance what, you know, my time, my efforts, so that I'm giving 100% to everything and not ever letting one thing suffer because, you know, I'm, I have so much going on. But yeah, I mean, there there are 
like off seasons for each thing in a sense, you know, like modeling it sometimes may slow down. It's not like every week I'm traveling doing fashion shows or something. You know, there's times that are slower for modeling. There's times that are slower for coaching and times that I actually will give myself and force myself to be off. So I've had to learn just how to balance in that sense, the schedule, because that's what keeps me motivated, keeps me going by having some sort of, um, you know, schedule and routine in that sense. So I don't have a schedule in, in the sense that every day is the same, but I have a schedule in the sense that, okay, now I know come summertime, everything is going to be lighter and I can take time and still enjoy my family and friends. Although, you know, the pandemic's going to have me doing, um, but you know, enjoy being off a little bit more or, you know, like I, I give myself time to be able to, to reflect, to refresh and get back at it. So that's actually one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is I essentially make my own schedule with all that I'm doing, you know, it's, that's the beauty of it. That's why I also enjoy doing everything. I don't have just one boss to answer to or anything like that. I have a lot of different things that are going on, but I am the one that's essentially creating my schedule and things like that. And I'm a very, very organized person, um, which helps, but you know, it makes it a lot easier too. You got all the power in your hands. Exactly. (laughs) After college, what was your first job? Um, so when I graduated from LaSalle, I, I went straight to Lehigh University. So I, that the summer after the spring of my senior year, actually, I was going through the preseason process of playing, um, in the NWSL with Sky Blue. And then at that point realized that it was time for me to make a decision to step away from soccer, which is not at all easy, uh, step away as a player, I should say. So right after LaSalle, I started coaching at Lehigh and getting my master's. And at Lehigh, that was my main job, of course. Um, but it was during that time that I fully was like, this this is what I want to do. I want to work as a sports broadcaster. It's time for me to start shifting and making that move. So during my time at Lehigh is when I actually fully started shifting into modeling actually as well, but also broadcasting where I started working with, I, I used it as two extra years of, of, of learning. So I, started working with the local modeling agency to take classes and and getting photo shoots and stuff. I started working with the Lehigh sports media department and helping to cover games and putting together content for them. Started freelance writing. So once I was in my final semester at Lehigh, I started, well, I was, I had already been looking for a, a job in broadcasting, but I started aggressively looking for a job in broadcasting and found an internship with a local news station and it was one of one of many jobs i applied to they were looking for a copy editor and i just applied i was like i don't even know what a copy editor does but it's in a network it's a station somewhere it's local i'm gonna do it and it was actually through them that i was having i had the conversation with the uh with the supervisor and in talking about my career ambitions he was like well you'd actually be extremely bored with this job and you'd hate it so how about we do this we have an opening and they essentially created an internship for me to be a, a videographer. And then that turned into my first full-time job. So, you know, it literally came from just being ambitious and reaching out. And I was fortunate it was a small, a small station. So there was room for movement and room for bringing in someone new. And then once I stepped in, I started working in sports and news. I was anchoring our news segments. I was going out as an MMJ covering sports and news, whether high school sports games or events like the dnc when it happened in philly so i just it, it literally turned into my first full-time job and i was there for two years 
uh, after grad school. So it was a, a, a weird transition in, in turn of events, but that's why I say there's no, there's no linear path in this, in, in anything, but especially yep. in this industry. So some of the positions you've had for companies you've worked with are like the arena football, national lacrosse, mm-hmm. South Jersey speed. Were, when someone getting into the industry you're in, is it always better to go with something smaller before you try to make it into like the big leagues, like where you're at with ESPN and Fox Sports? Yeah, I think the, I wouldn't say that's the only way to do it, but I do definitely see the benefit of it. I mean, when I was working with all three of those, it allowed me to get a lot of reps in and start to get a sense of, you know, um, who I was as a broadcaster, like learn about my, my personality as an on-air talent, learn about how I like to edit, how I like to shoot, my, my storytelling style. So I got to figure out a lot about myself professionally. So with South Jersey Speed, that was my first TV job. I was working in the in a local TV station in South Jersey. I was doing news. I was hosting the racing show. Had no knowledge of racing, like <laughs> motorsports. So I also it was outside of my comfort zone with that, and it forced me to have to learn, you know, a lot because I wasn't able to just rely on what I knew. I had everything was new. Um, so then, in working with the National Lacrosse League, it was my first job in professional sports. So now that was forcing me to figure out, okay, here I was working with a professional league with the NLL covering men's indoor lacrosse, you know, and, and as the anchor and producer for that, how do I create content for an entire league? You know, uh, the teams were all across the United States and Canada. It forced me now and to now be uncomfortable in a different way. With the Arena Football League, it was my first time covering a level of professional football um, of course, you know, unfortunately that the, it is unfortunate the league has folded, but I was fortunate to get in and, and get the opportunity to work with the Atlantic City Blackjacks, a team that was new to the league that embraced me and took me in as like family and learning how to navigate and covering practices and games and getting the, you know, I was a team reporter. So it was a whole different role than my roles in the past where I was covering a league or covering races. So with each job that I have had, it's forced me to, to, be uncomfortable in a different way and learn something new and learn a different skill set. It's forced me to get reps and experience that now I, I'm not going to say I'm perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm a lot more confident when I get on camera and when I, when I'm working, you know, it allowed me to make a lot of mistakes knowing that eh, there are people watching, but not as many people watching. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to make those mistakes in those moments, you know, and figure out who you are. So that's something I always tell people reps are so important just to start to figure out your style as, as a person, as a personality, as whether it's in producing, on air, editing, writing, you have to figure out your way of doing things because although there are so many tips and advice people can give, at the end of the day, it has to work for you. So each of those roles was a step for me, in a sense, to get into TV, to get into professional sports, to get into a sport. My goal is to cover basketball, soccer, football primarily. So the AFL was a step into covering professional football. So. You know, that's something that I always encourage people, just your, whatever your path is, make sure it makes sense for you. Because I do know a lot of people say like, oh, you've got to go to the middle of the country or wherever to some no names city and work. And that could work too. But, you know, there are many ways to get to whatever your career goals are. I think for people in any industry, getting out of your comfort zone is probably a tip that I utilize in my 
job, but a lot of people can learn from because you're able to prepare for any situation that comes about and you're able to adapt. And so you Mm -hmm. talked about like you didn't know much about motor racing and you were able to figure out a game plan and make it work and be able to come up with content to do. And I mean, I would probably be in the same situation is I don't know much about like even hearing about NASCAR, I don't know much. I would have to start researching, reaching out to people, learn what they know. And it kind of just shows that with you going in all these leagues, um, you're able to adapt to any situation that you're put upon or what you go for. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to do a job when you're comfortable. It's a lot easier to do a job when you know everybody very well and you know the sport very well or let's say for me like i i've grown up watching the nba so it's of all my sports although i was better at soccer it's easier for me to talk about basketball Mm -hmm. so if i was to just jump right into just covering basketball it almost makes you rely on what you know and and get i guess lazy in a sense but being in motorsports and even lacrosse although i had you know, had knowledge and knew about lacrosse before, and I didn't know about the league. I didn't know about the teams. I didn't know about the players. So it forces you to do extra preparation, extra research, double check the work that you're doing. You know, you don't want to get careless and, and just feel like you know so much that you don't have to put in the extra work. And that's where all of those different steps and, and levels that I was moving through, that's where the growth comes in because you do have to take a step back. You're, you're not 100% positive on anything. So you are forced to have to put in the extra work. So now when you do get into, like for me, covering and working in ES- with ESPN and Fox Sports, I already have that habit of, you know, the work, the preparation, the research, everything that goes into it. I don't know that I would have had that same. Now, I'm, I, my work ethic is very high, so I'd like to think I would, but I don't know that I would have had the same approach had I come from a different background. So I completely agree. Is there a sport that you haven't done yet, but you're wanting to do eventually in the future? I have, I have covered every single sport I've covered because when I started, I was covering high school sports. So I was covering the sports of the season. So in the fall, it was soccer, field hockey, football, in the winter, basketball, ice hockey, swimming, um, volleyball, I've covered track, I've covered softball and baseball, lacrosse. So I have covered every sport. Um, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything I would, I would wish that I had covered more of because I've covered them all extensively to, to, you know, for the most part. So no, I, I'd actually say, I think I'm, I've enjoyed the, the variety of sports that I've covered. Well, now you got to do ESPN eight, the Ocho sports and get into that area now. try try all those sports i think it was just amazing like when it was on tv during this time i'm like that's a sport but then again like spike ball and stuff well spike ball i mean i used to play spike ball but like i think it was what was i watching juggling dodgeball like there would be a team of jugglers with the clubs and then the other side was the dodgeball pros and their job was to knock a pin our club out of the sky of the jugglers and if they're able to do it they win and i'm thinking who came up with this idea but it it got me hooked i mean i watched the whole hour of it i mean it was amazing but 
I mean, that, I mean, we never see those shows unless they, ESPN does a little special for us on the weekends. But I just, I, it's enjoyable, like all those. I think now the thing people are watching is marble racing. And I'm thinking, no, you can't. I can't do that. I can't watch marbles go down a hill. No, no. I, and it is funny because now we are seeing more and more sports that, are, are are on TV, especially with us not having live sports. So yeah. even like axe throwing and stuff, like you've been seeing much more notoriety about sports. And it is interesting to see if this is going to be a, a change. I mean, spikeball is a lot of fun. I love playing yes. spikeball. So like you have to wonder, will this almost help grow some of these exciting sports that maybe we see like spikeball and axe throwing as more of a hobby to now becoming become something that's, you know, more prevalent and definitely collegiate sports mm-hmm. and not, you know, professional sports, but bowling. Like I have been seeing so many more bowling, chess, spike ball, uh, axe. And I'm like, what? These are all hobbies. Like these are things you do for fun, but I guess that's what sports are. I mean, it's essentially something you do for fun. So it'll be, yeah, I don't know if I would ever get into those, but who knows? I mean, everything, <laughs> the whole landscape of sports is definitely changing after all this. Well, yeah, you mentioned the hobbies. Cornhole has been on TV, like, every day. No, it hasn't. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, because <laughs> now they have, like, college teams playing. They have pro teams. And, I mean, they were doing, like, live um, events because everyone had the masks on. Everyone was spread wow. out. And I'm like... Hey, it's the stepping. But now we're seeing like a lot of steps towards um, sports organizations coming back. So talk, mm-hmm. talk about the transition or how did you get the opportunity to work for ESPN and Fox Sports? Yeah, so that's something I always uh, try to talk to people about because although it is very beneficial to always have like your resume, your real, your cover letter, all, all of your job hunting tools should always be up to par but my opportunities that I've always had from my internships all the way through to where I'm at today a lot of them actually have come through networking Mm -hmm. and that's something that you know it is so important who you know is so important especially in this industry because a lot of times there are jobs opening up and they don't get posted until they may have been available for a few weeks because you know HR has to post them it's protocol you have Mm -hmm. to post every job opening on Indeed and LinkedIn and wherever else. So, you know, if you're just sitting waiting for those jobs to be posted, it might, it's most, most of the time, the job has either already been filled or they're close to finalizing who they're, who they're going to bring in. So every single one of my jobs have, have come through networking. And that's something that I've always stressed to people because when that opening does happen, you want to make sure you're the first name that people think of, you know? So ESPN literally came from, I was doing, doing a show um, at a local station. It was a TV show. I was just trying to get get more reps in, get more, get my name out there some more. And um, as I was going through that, there was a colleague that stumbled onto my work and saw my, my sports background. And they were looking for someone to do color commentary for, for uh, the Ivy League network for games. And so they were like, we don't have anybody in the area that's knowledgeable you know with your background you'd be perfect so i actually started out working with the ivy league network which was taken over by espn um and now all of our games are produced through espn and started out working specifically in soccer and now i'm doing a variety of sports with them so i am only covering college sports but i'm covering college sports through espn and it all started through networking box sports was the same thing after i um 
left my job with the NLL and was just kind of fishing around looking for that next job. It was all through a, a connection of someone that I, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend who was working at Fox Sports and knew that they needed someone to help cover the Washington Mystics. So I started covering the Washington Mystics in May of 20, what, I guess that would have been May of 2019. And then lo and behold, they go on to win the championship. I got like in my first year with them, having an, we had an incredible year covering them. And now it has opened up where I not only cover the Mystics, I also cover the Wizards and, and will be, excuse me, and host my show through them beyond the headlines with Renee Washington. So like, I just got my foot in this, in the door with these opportunities all through networking, but then was able to expand my role and grow. And I'd like to think I'm still growing within those roles. Um, and I've, I'd love, and then continue to do more. And I'd love to see what's next for all those, but it all started through just building those professional relationships and consistently working to get my name, my face out there. And, you know, it, that's something that is so, so important, I'm sure, as you know, too. You talked about when you were growing up, Lisa Leslie was a inspiration for you. What was the mm -hmm. feeling like that you were in the WNBA reporting, commentating, and all that? Did you kind of see like a full circle, like, this is amazing. This is this is a dream come true in a way. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean that's so what makes it even more special is the fact that I had left my job with the NLL for for you know reasons of my own. Uh, just looking at, back, you know, I wasn't. I didn't feel like it was an. It was a job that was aligning with who I was as a person, and felt like we were moving in different directions. And my hope was to leave and, and go into another job that made sense. And so I actually left without a job and was kind of like, holy crap, what did I just do? Like, <laughs> was this for, did I make the right decision? Why did I do this? You know, and, and was unsure of what was next. And then step into the role with Fox Sports and was working out of DC covering the Mystics and the Wizards. And that was, and itself exciting. So then on top of that, once once I really was at the game and was walking the court and I'm like, holy crap, wait a minute, I'm here. Like this is <laughs> happening. This is actually, I have I have always looked up to professional sports and especially for me, I, I vividly remember in kindergarten, one of like those activities you always got, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. And I drew myself as a lawyer and a WNBA player because at the time, basketball was my favorite sport. And I was, always, you know, that was my goal to play in WNBA. So I still remember that day, like it was yesterday when I was at the first Mystics game and realized, wow, I'm actually covering the WNBA. I'm actually working in professional basketball. You know, and that in itself was always a goal of mine in broadcasting was to get into professional basketball and work at a top network. I mean, when I first start, started off, my goal was working in TV, working in a top network, covering professional basketball, and there I was. So it was, you know, that, that moment that made me realize, okay, everything that I'm doing is working out. And not to mention, I only graduated from grad school in 2016. So it's only been four years since I have gone from not knowing how I was going to get into broadcasting to now working fully in broadcasting. So that was what all these things made it just so much more special. 
And again, I'm not working out of Bristol, Connecticut with ESPN. I'm not <laughs> sitting with with Skip Bayless on Fox Sports. I'm not going to act like I hit the top, you know, the, the top of, of all goals. But it was still a moment that reminded me, like, I am doing the right things. I am on the right path, and I can do this. So, yeah, it was it was not only exciting, but so motivational to know that here I am, and I'm not, I'm just getting started, you know, like I haven't been working in the industry full time for more than four years. And, and at the time it was actually less than that. Um, but here's what I've been able to do in such a short amount of time. So yeah, it was, it has been one of those, you talk about motivation, that's a big part of it. And also having people that I meet at games or there have been a number of people that let's say I met them three, four years ago when I was just getting started. I mean, I bump into them again later now in my career and hearing how, you know, the things they're saying and the, the kind regards and remarks that I'm getting from people and people that, that reach out that are students or whatever it may be that are like, oh, I love what you do. Like all these things just help me keep going because you, you just are reminded that there are so many people watching you and keeping an eye on you, whether through social media or whatever. So it's just motivation to keep going to not only do it for myself, but to be an inspiration for others. I definitely can say the motivation is key for me. I know with doing this podcast and after hearing a guest and just thanking them for being on the show and then like the words that they say about how of a good job I do or how inspiring it was, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like... I'm doing what I was meant to be doing and I'm proud of what I'm able to accomplish. And you mentioned uh, the dream job. The dream job I had when I was growing up was a game show host. Nothing that, Ah! you never know why someone thinks that, but like in high school, I was most likely to be a game show host and it ended up being in college somehow, but you never know. You might be on Fox Sports with Skip Bayless. I might be hosting Wheel of Fortune. You never know these days. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so talk about your show Beyond the Headlines. What's that show all about? What do you guys talk about? And how has it been a huge part of your life? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm working on it as we speak. Uh, it's something that I take a lot of pride in because I do treat it as you talk about being a game show host. I actually have, have been shifting and thinking about my career. I'm like, although I love sideline reporting and being an anchor, I love the conversations that you get to have around a show. You know, I love being able to sit down and talk with guests and have interviews like we're doing right now and get to dive deeper into stories. So that's actually where my show came about. Beyond the Headlines is this concept of, you know, we're going to talk about things and stories, topics that are more than just what you get on your local sports app or on, on your, if you turn on your TV or whatever, you know, it's taking us deeper into those stories. And so... The show is only in its first year. I just started in July of 2019, and it has turned a lot of corners. Uh, as of most recently, I just launched like new branding around it, a new a new sound, a new look to the show. Just trying to continue to, you know, make sure that I'm always giving my audience the best sounds and the best show they possibly can get. So I treat it like it is a show. A mix between like the Ellen DeGeneres show and something you'd watch on like ESPN. <laughs> I look at it as it's, it's my talk show and I'm like, what would I want it to look like and sound like and feel like for any audience if I was in a studio in LA or in New York or something. So that's where for me, I have been able to put so much into it because it'll, it's the beauty, as you know, 
with having your own show is you have full creative control. I don't yeah. have to, you know, worry about anything in terms of time restraints or anything else. I just make sure each and every Wednesday I'm bringing a new episode and what that looks like, sounds like, feels like is up to me. So I honestly have enjoyed it so much. And I'm so like, it took me a while to finally commit to making a podcast. And since I have, unfortunately under the Fox sports umbrella, I'm like, this has been the best decision ever because even a time like this, it just allows you to network with people, you know, get out, have great conversation, get good stories. And then even like today, actually, I woke up to the news that one of my former guests was on America's Got Talent, oh, and wow. he's a drummer. So I have, I have on my show a sports segment where I, you know, we talk sports. I have a positive vibes only segment where we talk to people that are doing something inspirational in their community. It could be sports related or not. I have music on my show, and I so with the music, it's a different artist each week. And lo and behold, I saw the news <laughs> that one of my artist for my show was on America's Got Talent. Everyone's like, look at this guy. He's so awesome. Like, oh my goodness, he was on my show. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is incredible. He was actually on. So I like reached out to him like, oh my, and I couldn't even believe it. I was like, is that the same guy? Really? There's no way. So I had to go. I actually went back in my messages and was like, oh my gosh, that is the same. I can't believe that's him because everyone's like, oh, he's He's from he's from DC. He's a drummer. Blah, blah. I'm like, oh, no way. So I had those moments even now, even still, where I'm like, wow. I talked to him before all this happened. Or I had on Kiara Wilson, who created the Savage Challenge, and the Savage Challenge too, that everyone's doing on TikTok and Instagram. And I kind of jumped the gun and, and interviewed her before all this even like she. I mean, she had blown up, don't get me wrong, but I'm sure now I probably would not be able to get her. So I, I like, I'm so diligently working to, to try to get those stories before people really get out there because it's just, it's just such a great opportunity to now be able to say, wow, like I actually, I had a conversation with him or her and we talked about what's next in their career and here they are doing it. So yeah, it's still, it, it gives so many rewards, honestly. And, and I'm really appreciative of it. I just brought on few interns that are going to be helping out with the show trying to give them opportunities as well to grow and just looking at my show for as much good as possible for listeners listening to this i think they can see both of our passions and what shows we are <laughs> producing i know i get a rewarding feeling out of it and there's challenges all the time with doing these shows but i don't let it stop me and i know that it's gonna get better going over those obstacles like my title says, rising to the challenge. I would go right over it and complete every goal challenge I have that I face. Mm -hmm. Outside of doing the show, you are a model, actress, motivational speaker. Do you have a memorable moment that's not in sports that you've been a part of or like an event that you've been a part of? Um, yeah, I mean... Okay, here's, I have a lot. So <laughs> a lot of my memorable moments, similar to what you're talking about, come from those moments when people, when you get to have a conversation with people that either met you or listened to, you know, your work or whatever it may be. Um, and actually, I just had one, a, uh, one of those actually last week, weirdly enough, but I never know what day it is anymore, where I was at an event, I was hosting an event in January, and it was a for youth soccer. And one of the kids I talked to after, wanted my autograph, wanted a picture, all that, you know, full nine yards. Fast forward to last week, I was on IG Live and the kid actually requested to join on IG Live. Now, at this time, I have 
I try to do a really good job of keeping track of who all my followers are, but sometimes people change their names and mm -hmm. whatever their pictures. I don't know who they are. I'm just gonna, <laughs> but, you know, I do my best. Um, but I didn't know who it was. So I was like, uh, okay, let me let me just accept it and see who this is. It was the kid. He and he called in. He's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you actually accepted my request. I didn't think you'd actually accept me. He was so excited. He was like, he was like, I, I my friends didn't believe me when I said you. Like when they when I told them I was gonna request to be in it, they, they didn't think it was gonna happen. And he was like, How is it? He was just so excited, not only to talk to me, but just to kind of catch up. And I'm like, I and I was, you know, excited to talk to him. He's in seventh grade and he had the the confidence to request to join my IG live. And so it was just one of those moments where I was like, Wow, here we are in May. I talked to him months ago. And not only is he still following me, he's he actually still is keeping up with what I'm doing and and look, actually following me. You know, we're not just IG followers. He actually is following me. So he was asking about the different things that I'm doing, and it just reminds you why you do what you do. You know, it's just that moment that's like this is exactly why I got started when I had people. Or I had two twins. They were I'm gonna say they're seven years old that I saw at a game and I was doing. Um, I worked as an in arena host with the Salmon's basketball this past winter. And I was doing an event. They were they were down doing the contest with me and, and everything. And I saw them at the end of the season, and they ran up to me and were like, Renee, Renee, and so excited. And I could not remember their name for the life of me. Um, and I do, I'm very good with names, surprisingly <laughs> enough, but I couldn't remember their names at all. So I was like, you know, just, I didn't let them know that. Hi, how are you? You know, we're talking, and they were just beaming. They were just running through all that's going on in school and everything. And it was just so exciting. Their mom had to say, I'm so sorry. They're just so excited <laughs> to talk to you. And I was like, no, like I, I love it because I don't want to ever feel like people, I don't want people to feel like they can't talk to me, but more importantly for me, it helps selfishly enough. Mm -hmm. It's like the reminder, like, this is why I do what, this is why I do this. You know, like it is such a great reminder that no matter what you're dealing with, you know, at times we may be doubting ourselves or having a bad day or so busy comparing ourselves to other people that it's almost like, gosh, am I doing, am I doing the right things? Am I on the right path? And then you have those moments where a kid reaches out or whoever, it doesn't always have to be a kid. That's just like, okay, I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So I've had several moments and it's all overlapped through sports reporting, motivational speaking, modeling, where I have people, I'm like, I don't even know why people would want my autograph. Like, I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> I'm so flattered by that. My autograph or they want to take a picture. So it's like, wow, okay. I'm clearly doing something that's inspiring to them that makes them want to talk to me or excited to talk to me or take that picture, or even just to reach out and ask questions or advice. Those, those are the things to me that more than anything are reassuring that this is why I do what I do especially with those kids, that little impact is just makes their day, their month. It's like something that they'll remember for the rest of their life. And it'll be interesting to see like in years and then when they reach out to you again you're, and they're like, do you remember me from a year mm -hmm. ago? And you're like, yeah, you're, oh yeah, now I know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, and that's it. I mean, you know, we do come across so many people in our lives especially with social media, you're able to reach people that you may not physically be able to ever meet in person. I mean, look at us, we've never met in person. And so yep. it's just, you never know how many people you are actually impacting. I mean, my social media pages are public, so anybody can see them. You know, the work that I'm doing out, that I'm doing, I know people that have reached out like, oh, I 
I remember watching you on this news when you were working with this news network or wherever. And I'm like, gosh, you just have no idea who is, who all is seeing your work, which is why that motivation for me, you know, I, I, I never have to second guess because you're always doing it for, for others, you know, I mean, you're doing it for yourself too, yeah. but you know, you're doing it to inspire, you're doing it to help someone out, whether it's by giving them information or inspiring them or whatever the purpose of your content is to reach so, so many people through that. So it's a very rewarding field for that reason. And I think definitely networking helps anyone nowadays because mm -hmm. reaching out to people, I mean, when you're going on LinkedIn and you hit connect and you don't know what that person on the other side is thinking like, who is this person? I mean, they can read our bios and everything, but I'm one of those people that I want to learn more about you. And that's why I reach out and do these interviews because I want to learn about the story that you have because there's always stuff that we don't mention on those bios that has brought us to where we are today. And mm -hmm. that's what I enjoy learning is something that people say can maybe play an effect in my life and I'm always taking notes during these interviews I'm I've been taking so many notes because I'm it. always learning <laughs> I love learning and if it I always live by the motto become the greatest version of yourself and anything I can do to become a better person I I it's rewarding to me so the final oh, yeah. thing we like to talk about on this podcast is for someone getting into your industry what are some tips and advice you would give that person? Oh, I have a lot. Um, <laughs> so be ready to work hard. It is a, an industry where you cannot, you know, just rely on, on what you're, you know, there's always more you can do. Mm -hmm. So you have to be willing to work hard. I'm not saying you have to have a gazillion jobs like I do, <laughs> but, you know, it is, it is very hard to move up in this industry without putting in the work, whether the work is going out networking or building up your content or whatever that work is, you've got to be willing to do it. And then also to network, network, network. So build up while you're building up your audience of listeners and viewers, make sure you're also building up your audience. I mean, your network in the sense of people that you're connecting with on a professional level mm -hmm. and, and genuinely connecting with not just networking for a job, but networking to build a relationship, networking to get to know that person genuinely. And then when you do need feedback or, you're looking for a job now they're more willing to help you mm -hmm. um and then the other thing that i would say is also versatility because the industry is changing so much that you don't know what is going to happen so don't be so stuck on one specific topic i know people that are like i want to be a sideline reporter for this team in this league don't be so specific that you're, you're shutting doors and opportunities and and you know closing yourself off to what could happen so versus like I have learned how to shoot and edit and cable pulling and all these different things that I honestly don't really want to do in my career, <laughs> but <laughs> I can, I can say I can do it. So now in the event that there is a, you know, I'm out on a shoot and there's a cameraman and the lighting doesn't look good or whatever, I can now give advice and, and suggestions or even be able to do things. On my own. So you don't ever want to have to rely on other people. So that's where, Putting in the work, networking, and being versatile will allow you to be able to be your own, you know, be successful, essentially. Those are definitely some great tips. And the final question, what are some tips and advice you'd give someone that's listening to this interview to rise to their challenge? Ooh. Um, 
remember why you started. So, you know, that's something that should motivate you and you should be motivated intrinsically. It shouldn't be because you want money or because you want fame or because you want, you know, all the, the materialistic things that, that are motivating too. But why did you start? And I always, so I just started doing these webinars since I can't actually go out to events and, and do uh, live speaking. And that's something I've been talking about in those is you have to remember your why, you know, what's your purpose? Why did you get started? What is it that you wanted to use or, or do within your job in this industry? Or it could even be a goal like uh, building up a, a new company or whatever. Like I, I just launched a business in interior design during this pandemic. You know, it could be something that has nothing to do with sports. Whatever your goal is, whatever you're working on, don't forget why you started it and what made you want to do it in the first place. Because there are going to be days that are very hard and challenging, and that's what's going to get you through. If you remember whoever is your inspiration or, or, or what made you get up and do it in the first place, that's going to always help you push through. And then by doing that, you're now able to take a step back and see the bigger picture instead of being so stuck on whatever the adversity is that you're facing in that moment. Well, Renee, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on the show and tell us your rise to the challenge. I definitely have learned a lot um, from your journey that I would have known just by reading about you. And I'm excited to continue to listen to your show beyond the headlines and learn even more about the stuff that you're passionate about. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And that's something, you know, I, I love that we were able to have this conversation because you know, as you mentioned, we are limited in, in characters. I mean, I cannot put everything I'm doing on on my in my <laughs> bio. So it is great to have conversations so you can get to know beyond the bio, um, and so to speak, and get to know the person that you know that that I am. So I appreciate you taking time to also even have me on because it's it's nice to have this platform and use it for something so inspirational and so good and doing what you're doing. So thank you so much. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember, you can follow the podcast on all major podcast platforms. And also, make sure you follow our Instagram and Facebook page at Rise to the Challenge Podcast. Remember, everyone has a path to take on how they rise to the challenge. What path you take, you decide. Have a great day, everyone.